Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Time. There's nothing more valuable. It's what drives everyone to make the most of every moment. We celebrate living large in the now. In a city where time disappears, we create experiences that electrify the soul and memories that will last forever. We go big, we go all night, and here, everyone is invited. So get loose and get loud. This is Circa. You'll have the time of your life. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hello and welcome to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California, 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 and AM 760 in Hawaii. Full house today. Joined by G. Hey Wiley, Brandon Deutsch, Armani Buckets, Russell Morgan, David Bloom. My goodness, I think we do have to go around the room and see how we are on this uh, beautiful Tuesday. G. Hey, let's start with you. How are you? How about them Lakers, yo? Wow. How really? about Did them Lakers, yo? <laughs> zero rings. Camp Clippers. Clippers, Do- zero doesn't rings. matter. We live in the present. We live in the present, and it's a wonderful gift. But and the I past love matters. It. <laughs> it does. That's why the Celtics and the Lakers are the class of the league. That's why you guys will always go back to that, and that's totally fine. You can have your moments. But right for now, I'm living in this current present. I'm and glad it this makes you I'm, I'm glad I watching the Lakers it. fail it's makes you gift. happy. It, it does. Absolutely. Of course it does. <laughs> I'm, I'm doing pretty good. Yeah, I'm just enjoying the Clipper and Laker uh, bashing right here. I'm just enjoying it. One of the worst Lakers losses I can remember in recent memory. Honestly, what a freaking meltdown. That was, how do you lose that game? All the vibes were so positive, so good. Like, we were going to get in here ready to talk about, you know, are they turning it around? Have they turned a corner? And then just absolutely fall flat on their face. And now they're about to go on a road trip that is very difficult. And it's going to be interesting because the talk, the all the narratives and all that stuff is just going to intensify even more. And a big part of it was LeBron. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing. that, that you. Get, like, it's one thing to lose, but it's another thing to, to lose a 17-point lead in the fourth quarter. And we were talking about when they had won five of six, yes, it felt good, but they're, they're beating the Spurs. They're beating some bad teams. This would have been a chance for them to come home and not only win a game. It looked like they were about to blow out the Pacers, you know, when you're up 17 points. David Bloom, I'm sure you were very happy watching that result, my friend. Oh, what, the Lakers losing? No, I was <laughs> horrified. Look, it's... As, as much as I want to go into the, the emotion of it, you're right. This was not a game about that shot. That was a great shot. Things happened last second. Miles Turner missed a much easier three about a couple seconds earlier. It's the 17-point lead in the fourth quarter. It's the fact that the Pacers coming off of a back-to-back where they were absolutely blown out by the Clippers. Just saying. <laughs> yeah. you, can't seem to, you can't seem to hold that substantial lead, even though it looked like LeBron, AD, and Russell Westbrook were doing well. I mean, I guess is Benedict Matherin better, like he says? I mean, check the stats. Yeah. Just saying. Uh, listen, David, you're not here to plug anything. I mean, you, you've, you've been a con- consistent guest on this show, but I think we're kind of in the time period where like people are trying to figure out what to watch, what to binge, what to watch this um, holiday season. Can you, my friend, and I'm going to Put 
you in this spot because I think it's so cool. You're in a movie right now. I am in, I am in a movie right now. I am in the Weird Al movie. Weird on Roku. Love it that. is actually really good. I have to say. Well, so tell me, tell me what uh, what you play. I mean, young Weird Al, or I what? Play, yeah. I play a young a young Weird Al. It's a the biopic of Weird Al, but it's Weird Al, so it's you know, yeah, it's quite satirical. But I play a young him. I have, and I tell people this all the time. Some of the most emotional, powerful scenes I've ever done as as an actor in a Weird Al movie. And it has been like a thrill of an experience. And it's been out for like just under a month, I want to say. And it's been, it, it's a really good watch. And it's totally free, which sounds like a super plug app. <laughs> information. I love it. Don't, watch it if you want. Yeah. Yeah, no. Um, you. David, I know that you've been through this journey and we've had conversations about, you know, you being on um, your acting journey and everything. And I just wanted um, you maybe just to let the public know, how did you get this role? Oh, my. I mean, it was just one of the, I mean, it was a pretty cool audition, but it was just one of the auditions. I've sent about five or six of them in since, since coming back from filming something else. So my, my journey's been a little, you know, it, it's still going. Um, but I just, I sent this one in and about a month later they, and I've been told by the director and Al and, you know, Eric Appel that they really loved my tape. And the first time they saw it, they were like, that's the guy we got to get. And, you know, shot in Pomona of all places was a long journey of since about a year ago to shooting in March, but very, you know, standard procedure. So, David, we'll talk about the Clippers in a moment. But, Russell, we got to... Yeah, sorry. <laughs> wait, 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 what's you going on? <laughs> um, listen, we, we do have to talk about the Kings. We have a big game tonight in the Pacific Division. By the way, never thought Vegas would be not, not only atop the division, but pretty, uh, um, you know, you know, 35 points. Mm-hmm. Seattle, 29 points. The Kings, 27 points. You have a great column in the Sporting Tribune today. You know, the, the, the Kings have the talent, but there's no one in the locker room right now to kind of say, hey, yeah. the captain of the team. Mm-hmm. Your thoughts on this team and your thoughts on this big game? Well, the LA Kings, just much like the Lakers, I guess, this season, it's been a frustrating season so far for the Kings. Even when they're losing games, it's it's... It's mistakes, mental miscues. Even when they're winning games, it just doesn't seem like this typical Kings team that we saw a lot last season. Uh, coming into the year, there's a lot of expectations, and I guess those expectations has almost heightened uh, throughout the year. So a lot of a lot of fans are anticipating another playoff run for the Kings, and right now they're just kind of not showing it. So a lot of people are questioning maybe there's some lack of on-ice leadership. You don't really see a lot of intensity from this team. There's only been really one game where they kind of look good and they're really involved in the, all the aspects that are going on. But besides that, it's just been up and down. And there's it's just not a lot to like right now as a fan, unfortunately. Is Can they find something with the team that they currently have? Does Rob Blake need to make a trade? That, that's the biggest question. Uh, Rob Blake, uh, he's built a really solid team with a lot of moves he's made up front uh, in the forward position. Um, but defensively, 
I think there's some pieces missing there. So a lot of people pointing to the fact that maybe a trade or bringing in a, pl- a player would kind of shake things up a little bit. And uh, I don't know. Maybe maybe that's the aspect to kind of get the, the Kings going a little bit here. Yeah. I, I mean, I couldn't agree with you more. What player do you specifically think that the Kings need to bring in? Oh, there's been a player that's been rumored to be available for quite some time. His name is Jacob Chikrin. He, he's a left-shot defenseman who plays for the Arizona Coyotes right now. Um, if you kind of look at the Kings lineup, Left shot defenseman is the biggest hole and the biggest need for the Kings right now. So they have a plethora of right shot defensemen. So why not use some of those young prospects, some of those pieces that you have at your disposal um, or disposal to make uh, that big move and see if you can bring in a player like that. So that's a player I'd be looking for. But there's also some other uh, pieces available out there that might not be rumored. What's the vibe of the team right now? I mean, you, you cover the team, you're at games and practices. Mm-hmm. They haven't looked great. I mean, have, have you sensed a change in the mood of the team? No, it's, it, that's what's so weird, Rosh. I mean, because last year, resiliency was the word that you heard so much about with this team. The amount of sheer injuries that they were going through, it, it was insane. Like all these just night after night to end toward the end of the season there's just constantly players going down but you saw young players step in and just kind of fill the role and play really well so coming into the years so that's why a lot of people were excited because you saw these young players that were making big impacts really early in their career and you you had this really excitement built around this team so with now that you're seeing some of these same players and uh, even new players that have been brought in come in and play maybe below what a lot of people were expecting them to play. So that's why, that's why there's so much frustration built around this team because you, you watch a game, you go to Crypto.com, and you leave the arena just hoping for more, expecting more and wanting more. And the team isn't really giving that for, for the Kings right now. I mean, last, just last game alone on Sunday night against the Ottawa Senators, the first period of hockey that they played was probably one of the most boring periods of hockey I've ever watched. It, it was that bad. Yeah. And then they end up losing 3-2 in overtime off another overtime gaffe. And it was just, you have fans just leaving the arena. I see it. I mean, I see it. I have Twitter spaces. I talk yeah. to the fans. And there's just a, a real big disappointment right now surrounding this team. And you just hope that they can turn around. And But we're more than a quarter way through the season, and you're, it's not there right now. What's the, the expectation again? When you look at the top of the division, it's Vegas, it's Seattle, it's the Kings. Mm-hmm. You got a Edmonton, Calgary in the mix, Vancouver, San Jose, the Ducks. Um, do you expect them to win the division? Come in second? I mean, they're right there. So. Yeah, yeah. I mean, coming into the season, I had uh, two different expectations for this team. I it was either make the playoffs and kind of be that playoff caliber team that you played a little bit like last last season. Or just get some more development from some of your young stars, like Quentin Byfield, second overall pick two years ago, Brant Clark, eighth overall pick, Alex Turcotte, fifth overall pick. So you have a lot of you have that's three top ten picks that you're kind of hoping and waiting to see them take the next step in their development. Each of them have kind of had different circumstances going on that has kind of slowed their years down a little bit, but. Um, so hopefully we see them make an impact on the lineup coming in toward the later part of the season. So right now we're, we're not seeing that from that standpoint, and we're also not seeing them play pay, playoff caliber hockey. So hopefully one of those things can start coming to fruition uh, sooner rather than later. Well, the Los Angeles Kings play the Seattle Kraken, who, by the way, have had a huge turnaround. Oh, yeah. Like a ridiculous turnaround. Like I'm thinking that development was going to happen for this team, maybe like give them three years. 
maybe four. Mm-hmm. Well, because they're, they're, that turnaround happened so because they so had fast. to change the expansion rules after Vegas, right? The first oh, year, yeah, no, well, you, no, no, it was too stacked. That's, <laughs> and, um, and that's and that and that's obviously a little bit part of it, but like that's, uh, but even coming out the gate, even Vegas was an anomaly. Like let's yeah. just get let's just get real. Well, they screwed one. up that that whole thing but let, let's just get real that was an anomaly seattle yeah. was more of a realistic exactly you know, vibe mm-hmm. right so yep. you're thinking okay give them like three years whatever they're not slowing down right now um mm-hmm. they're at 13 and 5 and 3 that uh, what does this king's team have to do in order to beat them oh man it's been a struggle struggle bus with the seattle kraken so far over the kings i think they're zero and two so far yeah. or oh one and one they lost in overtime in seattle just a couple days ago um, yeah, the, the thing with the Kraken, eh, what's so different about with Vegas is I think hockey or NHL GMs didn't really know how to approach the Vegas expansion draft. Yeah. So they were pretty much just giving them young players thinking like, hey, we'll trade you this player as long as you take this player in our extra- expansion draft, mm-hmm. take some salary off our books, kind of help us out a little bit. We'll help, We'll scratch your back, blah, blah, blah. And with Seattle, there was a little bit more of a patient approach that Ron Francis, their general manager, took. So, But now, I mean, we're seeing young stars start to step up for them. They made some big acquisitions over the summer. Andre Barakowski um, is another is a big name that they brought in. Some other young stars are starting to step up for them. Matty Beneers, second overall pick a couple years ago. Um, he's making a big impact for this team. So now I think they're riding high on a, it's, I think it's a six-game winning streak coming into the game. Um, they're looking to build on a franchise winning uh seven game winning streak i think for them so yeah it's been a they're going to be a tough team to play against all throughout the year they're big they're fast and and they've given the kings a lot of trouble so tonight will be a tough tough test for the for the kings to see if they can finally break that cracking mold speaking of trades david i gotta loop you back in i I gotta loop you into what i thought was gonna be one of the worst trades at the time so i'm this is not uh, you know revisionist history the avika zubak trade (laughs) was at the time it made no sense uh david do you have an avika zubak jersey at this point the guy's putting up 30 and 30 uh incredible right now right oh my god yeah i'm looking for a jersey at this point it was you got to look at that trade because you got to remember the climate that both teams were in when that trade was made. The Clippers were trying to, I mean, every deadline they would seem to get a piece and then move him the next year. Blake Griffin, who they moved to the deadline the next year. They got Tobias Harris and they moved him. Nobody seemed to be able to stay on this team for a long time. And part of all that movement to try to free up space for two max contracts, which they eventually landed was, getting Mike Muscala, moving him, bringing in Zoo and bringing in Beasley, cutting Beasley immediately. And Zoo was just going to be another young piece that maybe with Shango Just Alexander and Landry Shamit, maybe they could form something. The big contract acquisition happens. Kawhi PG, you trade all the sticks, you, you trade the development of, of SGA, who's been unbelievable in Oklahoma City. And... Zoo's one of the players at state. Lou didn't cut it. Cham didn't cut it. But Zoo's been here, and he's proving time and time again that he can hang with some of the top centers in the league. He doesn't have the jump shot. He doesn't play like Embiid or Jokic, but he is an absolute rebounding machine. He made Kawhi laugh on the sidelines. That's got to be enough. And he, he fights for it. He's one of the longest-tenured players on this team, but when he sees a 30-30 and game, he doesn't say well, whatever, I'm just, he, he wants it. He wants to be able to do his best for the team because 
this team has the same goal, and that's make it to the end. This isn't a, you know, this isn't like the the Kings who, this, the LA Kings or Sacramento Kings, I think I could speak in the same vein here, who if they made it to the end would be thrilled. This is a team that that's their design. That's why they're here. And I know that they've been fighting injuries, but with a guy like Zoo healthy, it, it's hard to stop them in the interior if he's putting up 31 and 29. Obviously, that's a unbelievable stat line, but check some other stat lines from the season last season. They're not far off. 20 points, 14 rebounds, this and that. He can really get it done, and I think that's what's been a big part of their sustained kind of treading water with the injuries is he's been a big piece, and now he's being able to put it in in the scoring column as well. Yeah, and David, I wanted to ask you about the Lakers as a non-biased fan. Obviously, we talk about them a lot as you know a team not stepping up to the plate, blowing games, being the Lakers over the past couple of years who have really disappointed. At the same time, what have you seen from Anthony Davis this season that's different that really changes the outlook of this team because they said in you know there's been internal reports you know Dave McMiniman and other guys have reported this that they think they're only a couple pieces away from competing from a championship obviously that's contingent upon Davis's health LeBron being able to be LeBron which he wasn't yesterday and Lonnie Walker continuing to be good but what do you think they need to do to become this championship team or is that completely out of the question and what seems to be a wide open west after the Clippers, Nuggets, Warriors, and Grizzlies and Pelicans maybe? I mean, it's the beginning of the season, so you're never out of it. You're not that many games behind 500 and there's always a playoff spot, especially with the expanded play and Anthony Davis has been playing some of his best basketball as of late, especially when LeBron went down and the Lakers won some tough games even it wasn't always you know they beat the Brooklyn Nets and they've been able to handle the Spurs pretty easily and that's been on the back most of the time of Anthony Davis who's been putting up unbelievable stat lines even in the loss to the Suns he was able to be that spark Russell Westbrook we know has been able to show up especially when opportunities have been available but you either have the ball in his hands or you win games there's no he won MVP and it's a triple double leader with the Thunder, they didn't do much. That's the problem with Russell Westbrook. And LeBron is always going to be that guy. I mean, yes, he had a tough, you know, tough night, scoring 20-plus points. But, you know, the game before against the Spurs, he was able to be unbelievable. He's a game-changer. But if Anthony Davis can play like this, can dominate in the paint, can be a sure thing in the mid-range, can play strong defense, I mean, he's a force in the paint now. He's been able to... You know, block shots, redirect shots, grab rebounds, run the break. Even without LeBron, the Lakers have been able to find wins on the back of him. But it's it's more than one player, and especially when that one player has a lot of health issues because he goes down, and maybe LeBron fights some injuries or his back, or you know, even Russ was. There's been times where is he going to go down? Is he going to stay? It's on the back of AD. It's on the back of Lonnie Walker. With a team with LeBron. It's there. Most of the time, maybe the Cavs team that he brought to the finals and, and couldn't come out against the Spurs. It's there. They showed that in 2016 against the Warriors. LeBron's been making the finals since I was a baby. As long as they play how they should, and right now, I mean, 7-12, and 12, they're not. This game, games before, yes, you can beat up on the Spurs. Yes, you can beat up on a hobbled Brooklyn Nets. Well, what can you do against 
a star team? What can you do against the Suns? What can you do against uh, uh, Nuggets? What can you do against one of the top teams in the East? Right now, it's nothing. You want to say add more players, add more players, change this, but there's a core issue, and that issue is sustainability. That that issue is health. That issue is offensive efficiency and shot making and holding teams. And at the end of the day, you want to win games, you've got to get it from the guys you have on the floor. Yeah, no doubt about that. Real quick about the game last night. When you lose a game like that, when you're up 17 points, 10 minutes, does that like undo all the good that they did? Or can you say, oh, shoot, like we, you know, we had a 17-point lead late? I think it does undo all the good that you just did because you're building this momentum. You haven't built it yet. It's still in the process. If you close that game out, you're on the right track. But, yeah, I completely think it ruins what you were doing. Yeah, I mean, just, I mean, again, I, I would rather them have gotten blown out like in a weird way I, I don't know why but then for them to lose a 17 point lead in the last 10 minutes it just yeah just a totally deflating feeling and i had never heard crypto that quiet it, it, it was extremely silent all right david you're the best we'll have you on again next week or very soon my friend congratulations on all the great work you're doing when we come back we'll be joined by our good friend the sports god himself dave smith when we come back on the mightier 1090 in southern california the fan in las vegas and the hawaii sports radio network we'll be right back with the arash markazi show on the mightier 1090 espn radio time there's nothing more valuable it's what drives everyone to make the most of every moment we celebrate living large in the now. In a city where time disappears, we create experiences that electrify the soul and memories that will last forever. We go big, we go all night, and here, everyone is invited. So get loose and get loud. This is Circa. You'll have the time of your life. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Welcome back to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 in Southern California, the Fan in Las Vegas, and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. Just as a reminder, if you have a question or comment or just want to win tickets to an upcoming game in Southern California, Las Vegas, or Hawaii, call our hotline 310-400-0340. All right, joining us now on the Circus Sports Guest Hotline, my good friend, the sports god, Dave Smith. Dave, how are you? I'm good, Arash. How's everybody doing? We are doing good, Dave. I mean, I was feeling very good about the Lakers. Winners of five of six yep. looked like they were, you know, close to, you know, win number six. Uh, but, Dave, I mean, it's one thing to lose. It's another thing to, to blow a 17-point lead with 10 minutes left. How much does that set them back? I mean, how devastating was that loss? Well, that was huge because they were on a good roll. And, yeah. you know, they finally listened to us, Arash. And when Russell Westbrook started coming off the bench, they started playing a lot better. They should have done that a year ago. So they were on a kind of a good roll. And, uh, boy, a 17-point lead in the fourth quarter. It looked like they were going to win again. They're, they're creeping closer and closer to play-in territory for the playoffs. And, boy, that was devastating last night, blowing that lead in the fourth quarter. And uh, the problem is, even though they're playing better, they still don't play any defense. And um, boy, the Patriots just ripped right through them last night for that. And a last-second three-pointer, that was a dagger as the game ended. 
Yeah, and Dave, uh, let's bring up the Clippers because we know that what the Lakers need to do. They obviously need to start piecing together more wins against good basketball teams. The Pacers might not even be considered above average, barely. I know they're twelve and seven, but they still have a ways to go. But the Clippers, uh, Zubach, he he came in had thirty one points, twenty nine rebounds. Right, he wow. almost had 30, 30 rebounds, but he had three blocks. It seems like a different guy for this team steps up every single night. Whether it's Terrence Mann. Reggie Jackson, Zubach, Norman Powell's been very consistent. Even without Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, this is still a very good basketball team. Where do you think they are right now in the Western Conference, and where do you think they can be if Kawhi and Paul George come back and are even 80% of themselves? Well, another Magic Johnson special, huh? What did he get for Zubats again? Like a bag of basketball? Which is about the equivalent of a bag of... (laughs) (laughs) By the way, Dave, by the way, before you answer, Dave, I bring this up all the time where I was at in in class at USC and Jerry West came to speak and he thought that it was a prank, like a joke, when Robin and and Magic offered him that trade package. He jumped on it. That's what he was saying. Well, Magic passed on uh, Jason Tatum for a um, uh, ball, for Lonzo Ball, too. So that was a, not a good track record. But as far as the Clippers go, um, yeah, if they're healthy and everybody's out there and ready to roll, they're a real threat to get to the finals, and they're definitely a threat to win the NBA championship. But will they be healthy? You know, Kawhi doesn't have a history of being healthy the past couple of years. And that knee, every time he starts playing and that knee looks better, it flares up again and he misses time. So I just don't trust them to stay healthy and, of course, we can't forget the curse of the Clippers, can we? I mean, come on. This is the Clippers we're talking about. They'll find a way to lose even if they are healthy. Dave, yeah. I wanted to ask you about some of the other teams at the top of the West. I'll give you a team and you tell me contender or not, all right? Let's start with Phoenix. Oh, contender, of course. Uh, when they're healthy and everybody out there, sure. Phoenix is one of the best teams in the NBA. New Orleans? Absolutely. That was my dark horse team before the season started. Uh, you know, they won last night again without Brandon Ingram and without CJ McCollum. They're only two games out of first place. They're a three seed now. Their record is 12 and eight. And I looked up this morning. They've only lost one game when they had all five of their starters out there healthy this year. Th- this is a team. I think the Pelicans can come out of the West if they're healthy, believe it or not. I love that. What about Denver? Well, I picked Denver to win the NBA championship last year. Uh, and, of course, it hurt that uh, Jamal Murray and uh, um, I'm having a brain freeze. The, uh, the, the seven-footer with the back, the six-ten guy with the back, with the back problem. But, MPJ, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, didn't play. But, uh, uh, yeah, definitely. If they're healthy and have everybody out there, and Jamal Murray's knee is good and he's back to 100%, definitely contenders. Got two more for you. What about the Grizzlies? Absolutely. With John Morant, yes. I, I like this Grizzlies team. Again, when they're healthy and hitting on Al Soldier, but how, how much fun are they to watch out there? Well, when they get up and down and run and gun and jaws 100%. Yeah, I like that team as well. And then last one, and this one right now, they went to the Western Conference Finals last year. They are 9-10, and 10, the Dallas Mavericks. No, they don't play any defense. Uh, they can put the ball in the basket. They can get up and down. Luka might be the MVP this year, but no, no. They don't defend, and they need a third star to go along. Uh, they need a, Luka needs help. They need a third really good player. It's almost like they need Jalen Brunson. Right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they didn't want to go into the luxury tax. I mean, they yep. had his bird and rights, they, but... 
and they weren't good enough with him. So what, what does that yeah. say about him now? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> Luca plays a very ball-dominant um, style of basketball where it has to be in his hands at all times, and that's very, it was similar to younger LeBron. You know, it's very... If you put the right pieces around them, they can win. But the issue isn't Doncic. It's defense, like you mentioned. They were top five last year in defensive rating. They're 13th this year, the Mavericks. And Dorian Finney-Smith, who's supposed to be a knockdown shooter, 33%. And that's their best three-point shooter. Hardaway Jr., 28%. Abysmal. Reggie Bullock, 26% from three. Abysmal, right? So, I mean, their three-point shooters simply aren't making shots. Kleber's not even making shots, right? I mean, when you have Christian Wood, Spencer Dinwiddie, and Luka Doncic, how many games do you expect to win? those are your three guys only playing basketball right so i agree with you there i would say dave the grizzlies you bring up a good point obviously we know about the pelican ceiling with zion brandon ingram herb jones even trey murphy now looking like a young star on both ends of the floor valanchunas we didn't even mention cj mccollum i mean they're stacked i want to talk about the grizzlies for a second because they welcomed back jaron jackson jr who raises the ceiling of their defense tremendously right defensive player of the year candidate perennial every single year Desmond Bain hasn't even came back yet, and he was 24 points per game with a 46% three-point percentage. Then you add John Morant, Brandon Clark, and even the young guys, Kennedy Chandler, David Roddy off of the bench. Losing Kyle Anderson didn't hurt. They don't even have Zaire Williams yet. Seems like that's the team I feel like a lot of media members in the NBA are sleeping on because I really think they could win the championship this year. Absolutely, yeah. And they, they pushed Golden State hard. What was that, a first-round playoff series last second, year? Second, second round, yeah. Second, second round, they pushed them hard, and that's a team that went on to win the NBA championship. Yeah, that's a good young team. And, and after that series ended, I think John was the guy who said, we're coming to get you next year. Uh, we're not afraid of you. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely, I like this team. Okay, cool. And I wanted to ask you about another curse you have, the Angels. They made a couple of yeah. moves this offseason already. Gio Urshela, who they expect to play first base if Jared Walsh continues to be atrocious at the plate. Um, and then they got Hunter Renfro, who's 38th in OPS last year in OPS+. Plus. These were two, you know, moving the needle signings, but where do you expect this team right now as they're prioritizing an extension with Otani, which doesn't seem likely until already sells the team? Yeah, they're not going anywhere. Um, there's no, even with those two signings, that's not enough to get you over the top when they were so bad this year, not a playoff team. And, and of course, and the curse of the sports god, of course, on the, on the Angels, that, that won't stop them. The only chance they have to break out of that curse and do anything is if already Marino sells the team. And after he sells the team, every single person in that front office has to get fired and go with him. Now, uh, how, by the way, with all the money already spent, how has that front office remained intact without all getting fired over the last four or five years? Uh, but, yeah, you know why? Uh, they were all in the billboard business with Artie, and they're not baseball people. So that's, that's why he doesn't fire them. But they all should have been gone, shouldn't they, a couple of years ago? Absolutely. And you also have to... Uh, think about this, right? Jose Abreu now signs with the Astros who just won a world championship, and that's yep. a former MVP. So it's it's not like anybody in the division's beating the Astros whether or not they lose Justin Verlander or not. That I, I completely agree. Dave, I wanted to shift the focus to the World Cup. I know that you know a lot has happened over the last few days in the World Cup, a lot of upsets. What has your overall experience been like watching it from Qatar, uh, not you, that you're present in Qatar, but what do you think uh, the vibe has been like at this World Cup compared to others? I am in Qatar. Didn't you see me like USA? <laughs> you guys didn't see me there? Oh, unbelievable. No, it, it's so far so good. You know, not uh, um, not a lot of trouble, not a lot, of, a lot of violence breaking out among fans. Uh, no terrorism, thank God. Keep your fingers crossed, thank God, at least so far. 
Took off going off kind of smoothly and a couple of big upsets by Saudi Arabia winning two to one against Argentina. And then the, what Japan beating Germany in the first round was a big upset as well. So there have been lots of surprises. Um, uh, the U.S. with two ties so far, I was hoping they would get a win in advance. Now there's enormous pressure on the USA today against Iran. So th- this has been a lot of fun so, uh, so far. And I, I'm not the biggest soccer fan in the world, but I do love the World Cup. I watch it every four years. I love the country against country, the passion, the flags. and you know, th- That's something you just don't get in American team sports when it's, you know, uh, mercenaries and city against city. The, the, when you get the national stuff in the countries involved this is a lot of fun to watch uh dave the uh show crew the majority of us we were at the coliseum on saturday and for the first time since pete carroll was there i mean it felt like that that time yep. period you know top four team caleb you know now in the driver's seat the favorite to win the heisman your thoughts on this i mean dave a year ago this week USC swings for the fences, signing Lincoln Riley away from Oklahoma. And I think we all thought, listen, it's probably going to take him a couple of years. Literally one year, Dave, one year, he has USC back in the top four. Heisman Trophy candidate. Again, uh, I, I think it's in the bag at this point. Your thoughts on the Trojans? Uh, you know, Ross, you and I were saying a year ago when Lincoln Riley was hired and everybody was saying that it's going to take two or three years to get this program back on track. But you and I were both saying next year yeah. there's going to be dramatic improvement and we expected them to win the Pac-12 and be a threat to get into the playoff, which they are now, of course. So, yeah, just getting rid of Gomer Helton and, and bringing in Lincoln. You know, when you when you make a bad coaching hire, it sets the program back five years. When you make the right coaching hire, uh, look what happens in less than a year with the great Lincoln Riley. And how good is Caleb Williams? I, I don't know if they beat Notre Dame if they don't have him on Saturday. And you can say that about another couple of games this year as well. He is so great. His escapability, his playmaking ability. It's just too much Caleb Williams when they go up against the other teams, especially in the Pac-12. Now, how that would translate into a Final Four game, like if they're a four and Georgia's a one seed, I think that's going to get ugly for USC and they get blown out in that game. But how great is Caleb win? I think he's locked up the Heisman. And if you were eligible this year, I think he'd be the first pick in the draft next season. No doubt about it. Again, he's the, he is the prohibitive, not even close favorite to win the Heisman. I do believe the Pac-12 championship game is essentially a victory lap for him. I, I don't think he could do yes. anything to hurt his chances. Again, the favorite to win again next year, because as you mentioned, he's he can't leave. He's coming back next year. Um, but Dave... <laughs> Like, if they get blown out by Georgia in that semifinal game, still a successful season, right? Yes. Yeah. Absolutely, yes. Because Georgia's a great team. You saw last year, they just blew through everybody and won the national championship. And uh, Georgia is so physically dominant up front on both sides of the ball and so talented. There's just no way. USC's not going to run up and down the field like they do in Pac-12 games and score 40 points against Georgia. There's no way. And Georgia will score on that USC defense. I think that's a mismatch if they play. I hope I'm wrong. I think Georgia will win by two or three touchdowns at least if they play USC. But you're right, Arash. Just getting to that point, winning the Pac-12 and getting to the college football play, Playoff, and they do control their own destiny. Yeah. If they beat Utah, they're in. So, so, so it's it's Georgia, Michigan, TCU, USC. Unless, unless now Kansas State beats TCU, it comes down to Ohio State and Alabama probably. And I don't know if you guys agree with me this about about this or not. I would take Alabama in a heartbeat over Ohio State. I know they have two losses, yeah. but they're both the top ten teams on the last play of the game. Both losses, and come on. Who wins if Alabama plays Ohio State? Alabama will blow them out. They're a much better team, so I'd take them over Ohio State. 100%. I think that was the biggest thing about that game 
for I mean, the fact that they lost by 22 points at home, Dave, I mean, you can't do that. I mean, if you lose on the last play of the game, like a field goal, that's fine. 22 points, they, they, they got blown out. Dave, I was thinking about a conversation that we had watching that game. I mean, Jim Harbaugh, what a fantastic coach he is. We've seen it collegiately. Yep. We've seen it to the pros. Why not a bigger candidate for a uh, for a uh, pro job? I, I just have heard from so many people that his style doesn't work. It's but listen, he got the 49ers to the Super Bowl after a six and ten season exactly. when nobody expected him to do it. His first year, he got him to the NFC Championship game. Second year Super Bowl, third year NFC Championship game. He was a great coach for my 49ers. And who says he won't be in the NFL next year? I would imagine. If they win the national championship, what is left for him to prove at Michigan? Uh, exactly. He said his goal was to win the Big Ten, get to a Final Four, and win a national championship. He will have done all three if they win it this year. So, yeah, there's going to be some openings next year in the National Football League. So, And I fully expect him to be back coaching in the league at some point. Now, whether yeah. it's next year or not, I don't know. But he will be in the NFL again coaching. What was the biggest you know, criticism against him? Again, here's the thing. Like, I have no problem if a coach can only last there for a few years. We've seen that before with several successful coaches where they come in, turn a program around, and then they're gone. But listen, I mean, if you're a below 500 team, Jim Harbaugh will make you a successful program. He gets a really bad rap as a guy who's difficult to work with yeah. and only lasts a couple of years. He left San Diego for Stanford. What's he supposed to do? Turn down Stanford? <laughs> exactly. A pack ends up. And Stanford wanted to keep him. They didn't want him to go. Yeah. They offered him a new contract. He did a great. By the way, you talk about the 49. They were 0 11 the year before he got there. And he had him uh, in the top 10 two years later. They wanted to keep him. Then he goes to the 49ers and he leaves there after five years. And that was a lot more a result of uh, Jed York, the owner of the 49ers. And he surrendered rounded himself with a bunch of ass-kissing yes-men who, who tried to tell Harbaugh how to do his job, and he told him, you know, Harbaugh's a tough guy. He told him to go bleep themselves, so, <laughs> and he didn't last there. So he, he gets a bad rap for a guy who doesn't last. He's been, what, five or six years in Michigan now? Yeah. So uh, Stanford wanted to keep him. San Diego wanted to keep him. Michigan would desperately love to keep him and give him an extension. That's just not true that he's hard to work with and he doesn't last long. Dave, speaking of the NFL, looking at the NFC playoff picture, how many legitimate contenders can you count right now? In the NFC or, or you NFC, saying both leagues? Just, we can do both, but uh, starting with the NFC. Well, I think the 49ers are the best team in the NFC. I know I'm a lifelong 49ers fan. Top to bottom, they have more talent than anybody in the NFC now. Uh, I, I take issue. I, I'm not a fan of Kyle Shanahan. And every time I turn on the TV, these announcers are talking about what a great coach he is and they have an advantage in every game. They, I, I don't agree, but I think the 49ers definitely. Uh, the Eagles, of course, at 10 1, the Cowboys, too. Uh, I say those three. I don't believe in the Vikings. I think they're kind of a fraud team. I thought Tampa Bay was coming, you know, after they'd won two in a row, but that was a horrible loss yeah. to Cleveland in the game that they had won on Sunday. I just don't think they're going to get there. I'm, I'm not a believer in Seattle either. So I'd say uh, Eagles, 49ers, Cowboys. It'll, it'll be one of those three teams. AFC? Well, of course, you got to start with the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes, of course, uh, in the AFC. Uh, I don't think the Titans have enough offense. The Colts, no. Uh, Cincinnati, watch out for them. Now that they're healthy and now that Joe Burrow's playing well, they've been on a roll lately. Cincinnati, without question, with three straight wins as a contender. I'm not a believer in the Ravens, particularly in the postseason. 
I'll give you a team. How about the Dolphins? You know, they're undefeated when Tua plays quarterback this year when he's out there healthy. I, I love this Dolphins team. Uh, Dave, if you're Sean McVay, what do you do? Again, he was very close to leaving. Again, the broadcast booth, when you look at what these guys are being paid now, Dave, it's, it's incredible. The Fox yeah. slot's still technically kind of open. I mean, I, I'm, I'm still going to be shocked if Tom Brady retires and becomes a a color commentator for for a fox but but if you like if you're sean mcveigh dave i mean you're a competitor do you come back do you leave tell me what you do uh well it's hard to say not being in his head not not knowing him but uh, i would think he'd come back i know he talked about retiring after the super bowl last year and he talked about the pressure and the enormous amount of hours you have to put in and that it was aging him far beyond his mid-30s that he is now but I just don't think he wants to go out this way to you at three and yeah. eight in last place. I, I, I think if he does go out, it's going to be after a successful season. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I couldn't agree more. Um, Dave, I want to talk about the Chargers right now, um, second place in the AFC West, barely over 500. Do you believe that this is the last year that we are going to see Brandon Staley and possibly um, maybe get a new coach? Sean Payne's available, Dave. Playoff, yeah. <laughs> yep. And what about what about Jim Harbaugh going there? Well, that's there a you team go. That needs some, <laughs> Former that's a team Chargers that needs quarterback. Up. Yeah, that, that's a team who needs some toughening up right there, the Chargers. Yeah, I think if they don't make the playoffs, Staley's gone. And yeah, um, how about Sean Payton working his magic with uh, Justin Herbert? Yeah, that'd be a really good fit. Maybe Harbaugh, who knows who the Colts will be there next year. But yeah, I definitely think there's going to be a coaching change if they don't make the playoffs. And Justin Herbert, as good as he is, I think could be a lot better. Mario Cristobal almost ruined him at Oregon. Yeah. And I think Staley's <laughs> the wrong coach for him with the Chargers. You get him a good coach, I think we've got an elite NFL quarterback. Dave, I really, truly believe with the Chargers, when you look at the talent that they have, if they have Jim Harbaugh or Sean Payton, they are a a conference championship team, maybe a Super Bowl team. I mean, that's Absolutely. how close that they are. Look at that defense with the signings they made exactly. in the offseason. They should be much better than 6-5. and five. Yeah. Uh, Dave, last question for you. What are you looking forward to most? Again, we're going into conference championship Saturday, Friday, Saturday, Pac-12. USC will likely avenge their loss uh, against Utah. But any big games? Yeah, that Pac-12 championship yeah. game I'm looking forward to, of course. I, th- I think uh, Utah was lucky. Uh, USC dominated most of that game, and Utah found a way to win right at the end. I think on a neutral field, it's going to be too much Caleb Williams, and Utah doesn't have enough offense to keep up with them. I'm looking forward to that Big 12 championship yeah. game as well. You know, Kansas State has their quarterback back, who's been injured most of the year, and they're ranked number 12, and uh, I think TCU is ripe for an upset oh, coming up Saturday against that. Kansas State. And if that happens, Wow. <laughs> Ohio State, Alabama, or does TCU get in with one loss? Can they survive? I don't think they can in the it. Big 12. Yeah, no. I doubt TCU gets in with one loss, but what an amazing kind of end of this college football season. And again, so it. glad. My favorite sport. USC's back in the mix, Dave. You're the best. Let's do it again next week. That's all the time we have for today. Let's do it again tomorrow. Until then, this is Arash Markazi saying stay safe, stay healthy. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hustle for the cash, so it's hard to knock it. Everybody got their own thing, currency chasing. Worldwide through the hard times, worrying faces. Shed tears as we bury brothers close to heart. What was a friend, now a ghost in the dark. Hard part about it, brother got smoked by a fiend. Trying to floss on him. 
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.